Today's guest on the show is at Sir Badminton of Bitcoin, um, and he is definitely hodler than thou. Uh, you can go find him out, check him out on Twitter, find him very, very amusing, good banter. Had the uh, absolute pleasure of uh, sitting down for lunch, and we were actually going to do this from a very special place today, but uh, Sir Badminton, um, we were scuppered. We were indeed. The dreaded Corona, Captain Corona, put, uh, put a stop to that. Yeah, we, um, we, we've been uh, quarantined within our own homes um, as of last night. Uh, we, uh, we, we have some thoughts around, uh, around what's going on since the news has settled in and uh, kind of coming to terms with all of this corona and whatever else. And we'll talk about that, I'm sure, and Bitcoin. Um, but I wanted to, um, the, the reason I wanted to do the head-to-head was because so Badders is uh, building himself a little citadel, which uh, I wanted to go and visit. And uh, that's where he's making his call from today. Uh, could you describe the citadel and uh, your thoughts behind it? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's, it's a, a long story, I suppose. Uh, but the short one is, uh, describe it. Um, I'm looking out at a white sea of hawthorn flowers and green shoots everywhere at the moment. Uh, nothing but trees and that sort of green fuzz on nature's top lip that you're starting to see at this sort of uh, time of year. Um, unlike any of you know the green shoots that I'm missing in uh, in the economy at the moment. But uh, no, we, um, yeah, we've, we've, we are building ourselves, have built ourselves a citadel. We, um, my wife and I, we came out here a few years ago um, as a sort of escape. At the time, we called it our, our post-Brexit, post-Trump uh, insurance because uh, we both felt that something was changing in the world and that we needed to uh, make changes for ourselves to, to kind of uh, fit with that. Um, and yeah, we're out here in the middle of the French forests in the south of France. Um, not a neighbor in sight, no man-made sound, just tens of thousands of trees, meadow, the sound of the stream rushing by down at the border of our land. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah. And, and watching the world unfold from, um, from a laptop because, uh, obviously you still have the, the Wi-Fi connection, but, um, yeah. life before this, um, pretty fast paced. Uh, we, we've not gone too far into it, but, uh, would you mind, uh, like, well, not just the listeners explaining to me exactly what you were doing before and, um, what led you to the decision of, you know, enough's enough. Well, since, um, I've always been a musician since I was four years old. And, uh, and with that, sort of a life of letting, letting my ideas lead the way for my actions. Um, so, and, 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 and that was kind of um, perpetuated through the kind of schooling that I had as well in, in sort of 80s, 80s Scandinavia. Um, so it led to a life um, from my early 20s as a, as a professional uh, songwriter, music producer primarily. Sort of a bit of a shit musician, but shit enough to get good results on, on most instruments, you know, with, with today's technology. 
but it was always in the in the writing and 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 and, and the sort of creation um, that I found. Uh, so what yeah, was my, school then? My interest. What what was the schooling um, situation in uh, in the country that you were growing up in? Uh, well, I, I'm from I'm from Denmark, and, um, and and as I said, grew up in the sort of early eighties, and 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 it uh, it was yeah, well, it was it was just a lot more free. I think it was a, it was in 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 Denmark we didn't I mean I think it's probably still the same but you don't start school until sort of six or seven years old so just that means that you are playing you are inventing you are exploring for so much longer uh, than you than you otherwise would and there was just a you know I don't think any day was longer than nine till two. Uh, certainly not until we started getting into our pre-teens, maybe. No tests, no assessments. Um, everything was very, I'd say, child-led. That's a little bit exaggerated because, of course, there was a curriculum. But it was um, there was a lot of trust in us as kids. We were, we were allowed an awful lot of freedom. Uh, a lot of sort of spare time to cultivate uh, extracurricular uh, kind of interests and, and activities, which has meant that I've always felt this need to see the whole of my peripheral vision, so to speak. And, and what I found when, when, when I became a professional songwriter being in the studio just really focusing in trying to create a career creating a career being relatively to quite successful in my career um that that's really what i was missing it was the peripheral vision it was, it was the all the ideas and other interests that i had that i didn't have time or or headspace to 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 cultivate and and i suppose that uh, that's partly what led me to wanting to 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 find another way of life. It was, you know, I, I stopped being ambitious because I didn't feel interested because I I wasn't able able to. If if you if you if you tear on any one resource for too long, I'm sure there are loads of metaphors to to the sort of. Uh, uh, macro climate we're in at the moment but if you tear on any resource for too long um, you're gonna you're gonna run out and so I found myself getting uh, less ambitious less interested less bothered less motivated um, to, to go into the studio every day and in the the fierce ambition that I had growing up was kind of petering out and so I found myself becoming really really ambitious to find the sort of happiness I had when I was a child when I was growing up when I was a teenager was just playing shitloads of music and smoking dope and doing mushrooms and chatting big ideas and with my mates and and, and all of that stuff um, that was something I had to to to, to find again and 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 so in, in in 2012 my my wife and i um we'd always been quite low type preference um again another an, another byproduct of, of the way i grew up um 
And so we had been saving loads. We were were, uh, making good money, both of us as published songwriters, both of us with a good number of hits. But we carried on living with our friends in in a shared house, you know, paying very little rent. We were living one point, I think 10 people in a house. Uh, had a little studio in the back garden. Um, um, so we, we, we were, anyway, we were renting to, to save money. And at one point in early 2012, we got our Section 21 notice for, from our landlord, basically giving us notice to vacate the premises because he wanted to rent out the flat for the Olympics in London to make more money. And we'd been good tenants for a while there. So we were just like, fuck this guy, uh, fuck this city. Um, it just didn't feel, it just didn't feel right. It, it, and so we decided to take a sabbatical year, um, pack, put all our things in storage, bought a car, drove to France, rented houses, um, one week here, one month there, whatever. In the end, found this area where we were in now, uh, and stayed for six months. Um, I helped somebody I got to know there uh, renovate houses. Um, got all sorts of, or re- reawoke some of the, the, the skills that I grew up with uh, working with my dad. Um, and um, at one point we thought, okay, we can't just run from this. We have a bunch of money stored up. I'd been furiously buying um, rare dead distillery Japanese whiskey at this point for for a couple of years uh, because I understood back then already about scarcity and because I'm such a pleb, uh, you know, not educated in economics, the, the sort of like the most basic type of economics that I could understand was supply and demand something that seems to be so basic that it has kind of um, passed loads of economists by. I mean, it, it, that's, a, that's a story in itself. And so we, we went back to England, bought three or four properties in about the space of three months, I think. And I just started getting to work, just hammered it out renovated it to impeccable spec um, started renting them out when they were done carried on living in the we had a big house down by the by the beach that we bought for 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 a bargain uh, when i was done with the flats and other properties we started doing that one up to live in ourselves and then when we got towards the end of that we were just like well now what so we thought okay we'll sell, sell the whiskey collection which we always call the french fund um, that surprisingly, considering there are only 200 bottles, uh, bought us most of a house in France and a big four by four and a all-terrain vehicle, and uh, yeah, rented out the properties and just went on a merry way. Wow! And so, I mean, I think you might be glossing over a little bit of the the music career. Clearly, yeah. um, worked with some very influential people and uh, very successful in, in many ways. Uh, are there any little anecdotes that you might be able to share with us? Uh, and this was all London-based, is that correct? Uh, yeah, well, it, it was sort of around the place. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was 
foothold in London, but but also traveling to many other places, mainly in Europe, to 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 do stuff. And I'd lived in North America for for a few years before that, where I worked with some some really big names, but but on a much more junior level. Um, um, but yeah, I mean, it was it was um, it was interesting times. Um, met a met, met a lot of uh, famous people. Uh, ticked a lot of boxes that I that I wanted to tick growing up, and kind of realised that it didn't mean anything. You know that it was it was it's a weird environment and and a very sort of um, self uh, kind of self important self congratulatory navel gazing. Um, I mean, they, yeah, it's it, it just the sort of old school real values that I hold weren't, weren't really to be found there very often. And so it meant that when I had a, a studio in our, in our building, um, that I had various people, just various, very famous people, um, putting strange things up their nose, you know, uh, in the bathroom and uh, leaving things behind. And um, my security camera capturing some very um, questionable footage on, on, the, on the pool table, uh, you know, by, by a famous boy band member. Um, um, yeah, anecdotes, it's, it's, it's it's difficult to, without doxing myself, it's difficult to give too much away. I said no to, I turned down, stupidly I turned down working with Adele, um, which obviously was a bad move on my part. Um, but it, already at that point, and this is when she was working on her first album. Well, would that I, work I have been helping her write songs or produce? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. You, you turned down. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> but uh, you know, and 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 others as well. I, t- I turned down working with Lily Allen because I mean, I mm-hmm. still I, I don't dig her music, uh, and and if and that that's another problem. You know, ending up doing what you love or what you loved is that you have to do things for money that is not part of the dream. I mean, of course, you can turn things down, but then you might not uh, make rent or make your mortgage. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it, this whole thing, and this is something that I know all, all creative and, and, and people they struggle with is, is sort of art, art versus commerce. And, um, in many ways, I wish I had gone for, well, not in many ways, in some ways I wish I'd gone for art to begin with, uh, because I might not have, um, it might have been more of a struggle, but I would have been able to keep the flame alive for longer, I think. Um, on the other hand, I might have just been piss poor. And, uh, you know, I've, I ended up sort of semi-retiring at 34 years of age. You know, uh, that, and now I'm living, I, I've built my, my childhood. I've rebuilt my childhood, essentially. You know, I've got the love of a good, kind, um, understanding woman, which you know, my mum was, uh, 
is. Um, I've, I don't worry about finances, which I didn't back then. I've got loads of nature to play around in, which I do now. And so um, it was, I think I always saw it as a means to an end. And it, it beats many office jobs, I'm sure, as a, as a means to an end. But there's no part, there's no point in being just a little bit ambitious or having like a really achievable dream. Do you know what I mean? If you're, if you're going to dream, if you're going to be a dreamer, fucking have it, you know, have the whole thing if, if, if you can. Um, well, it sounds like you, you did well enough very, very early in, uh, by, you know, head down and um, working very, very hard. And uh, in an industry, none of us can really even begin to understand. Um, it all looks very glossy and glitzy from the outside. And, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get you talking to my, um, my young daughters around uh, what's really going on behind the scenes and like uh, some of the psychological um, problems that some of these celebrities are facing uh, because they just get swept up by, you know, what's going on and the music videos and whatever else. It's, uh, it, it's definitely a strange world. I'm, I'm sure. It, it's, it's, um, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really strange world and there are lovely people there. You know, I've met lots I've made lifelong friends in and around the music industry. Um, but, it is definitely a challenging environment, and people that um, it's the sort of, it's the Faustian deal, isn't it? Um, you 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 for the fame comes a price, uh, and my wife was uh, a um, performer as well, and um, did quite well for a while but just her psyche wasn't built for it either and some people they just persevere you know there are many examples Amy Winehouse is the perfect example of somebody who just doesn't want the 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 the, the, the limelight but when you when you're in that machine when it's it, it takes hold of you again it's once you make a deal with 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 Faust, it's um, you don't have much power over the situation, and many people take a long time to work out that it's not really what they want, wanted or what they thought they they wanted at the beginning. Is there anyone that you would go would pull you back in, like you know, like in The Godfather? Just when I thought I was out, <laughs> they pull me back in. If if there was going to be one, like. Uh, or not <laughs> well it's it's it, it's um no i don't think so i'm i have managed to carve out something for myself that i i pinch myself every day um for you know because i'm not i'm not i'm not it's better than I could have ever wished. Um, and it is life in the Citadel. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a sort of concept hashtag that is bounded about quite a lot, lot on, on Bitcoin Twitter. But being self-sufficient, being sovereign, being <laughs> king of your, of your own castle, 
laws don't matter out here. Rules don't matter, you know, but who's, who's going who's gonna to take issue with anything? And that's not to say that I do anything illegal other than grow weed and, you know, own weapons without a permit. And Okay, there are quite a few things maybe that aren't legal. But, you know, who, 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 should, who should worry about you smoking a couple of joints in the forest or, or shooting a pigeon from time to time? I don't think I would want to trade that for anything. However, I fall in love with making music again, taking a step away from it, uh, listening to loads of old vinyl and just stop it. You know, I stopped listening to everything in an in a, in a industry kind of context. And I'm the birth of my son out here, which is another beautiful part of the story to me personally. I mean, other people might might not give a, give so much of a crap, but we tried for eight years to have a child in in England. IVF, all sorts of things, Chinese traditional medicine, and it never worked. And that was another part of the motivation of of, of moving uh, to the Citadel was uh, you know let's do something that other friends that have kids in school whatever they can't do so easily. So let's just go and have an adventure. Our happiness never depended on having a child because we, we were doing what we wanted to do. Um, but a year after being out here, drinking the water from our own uh, natural spring, uh, hugging trees, um, being part of the environment here, it just, it just happened. Um, so every day he's a stark reminder of the things that I've, been gifted uh, making choices and I think that's what it comes down to personal responsibility has become such a right-wing sort of dirty word in, 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 in maybe just in the mainstream media I don't know but if you make, if you make the right decisions good things will come most of the time you make shit decisions that, you know, you reap the consequences. And so I feel really vindicated in many ways of having made the difficult decisions to, 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 to get to this point. So you've changed almost a total reversal on what your life was before, which was fast paced living in London, surrounded by concrete to yeah. living in like uh, serene, nature beautiful uh building a family and um chilling out um ultimate low time preference life that's what i wanted to lead this into it's like at yeah. what point did bitcoin come into this story oh again uh, um I, I i have a i have a problem cutting things uh short so but but i mean you can't really you can't really swallow the red pill without saliva uh, you know, it just won't, it, it won't go down. So um, to just describe the saliva buildup, as beautiful a, me a metaphor as that is. So <laughs> disgusting. There could be a, like, a new song lyric in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, but I, I think it, it's for all of us, I'm sure it's a, it's a long lead up to the red pill. And for me, it was... Um, 
living a low, growing up low, low time preference, having a father who um, was skeptical of authority, you know, who always kind of uh, flaunted rules and regulations because that was for other people. And, um, but, but I think it really started in my early 20s, sort of 21 years old, it would have been 2001, thereabouts. And it was the Matrix. And it just made me think, I, I don't know, it just really resonated with me. I, I, I'd always known that there was something that we're not aware of. There was something missing, like, um, and it makes sense, coming of age, you know, loss of innocence, all of these sort of things. But, but I knew that there was something there that I needed to find out but I didn't quite know yet what. Then six, seven years later, it was the Sightguys movies. And that got me, I don't know if you ever, did you ever watch them? Right, so it, they're no. sort of a bit, they're a bit sort of uh, tin hat. Um, I think one of them is a, is a bit of a truth, uh, 9-11 thing. I can't even remember uh, in, entirely, but, but there was, but there was one of the films that went into detail on central banks um, and fractional reserve banking and the economy as a whole, and that just blew my mind. I was like, "What? The, is this really how it? Is this really how it works?" And I started doing some research and thinking, "Wow, this is this is absolutely mad." Because because you you as an idealist teenager particularly if you are the sort of um creative lefty diaspora um you you always you always you're always against the man you always feel like there, the game is rigged but here it was there black and white the game is rigged so i started looking into that a little bit more and then i was sat one day not long after drinking a coffee on a, on a street corner and there was this long lineup of people outside Northern Rock. It was called, of course, 2008. Just like, what are they doing? What the hell is going on in there? And there's a bank run on Northern Rock. That I, I, I couldn't comprehend that the money in your account is not actually your money. And, and my wife and I, at that point, as I said, we, we'd lived quite low time preference to build up a deposit to buy a property, but uh, I had no understanding of the macro at that time. Um, and so we thought, surely this is a bad time to buy a house. So we've really held off. Um, and then all of a sudden we see that that house that was like 400,000 pounds that we were gonna buy, it's all of a sudden 600, then it's 800, and then it's a million. And then I became aware of asset bubbles uh, through, through, through easing. And, um, but still at that point, again, being in, in being a metropolitan, of a metropolitan mindset and a, and a creative sort of lefty, it was, my my instinctual reaction was to go diametrically 
opposite direction and became a very sort of entrenched um, lefty champagne socialist, I suppose you could call it, you know, affluent, uh, but still thinking that you knew what was better for those below you in the economic, uh, economic hierarchy. And, uh, and that, that was my, that's, that was my start for, for a few years. Um, and then we moved, um, and all of a sudden I had the time that I'd been missing before to start digging in and get bored. I think boredom is really important, like time to reflect, time to get bored, time to feel frustrated and, and just really take that leap ahead. Um, uh, th that needs to happen every once in a while. And I came across a newsletter, surprising actually, it was a financial newsletter, who, this is June 17, um, that mentioned Bitcoin. I was like, holy hell, is Bitcoin still around? I'd had a friend in, I'm pretty sure, I've been trying to, to time this since, I'm pretty sure it was in 2010. He must have been super early because it was the year my wife and I, we got married. And he was mining uh, Bitcoin with, with, um, with his laptop in his shared warehouse uh, flat. And he was mining thousands and a little later buying um, pounds and pounds of ketamine and MDMA and all sorts of things on, 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 on the Silk Road. I mean, he's, he, was a, he was a loose cannon, uh, which meant that um, I rode it off early on because I was like, oh, if he's into it, hold on. I mean, that's, um, it, it didn't, I didn't even look into it any further at that point. Um, and I'm sure because he was a loose cannon, he's, he will have nothing left today. But it, it reminded me that, yeah, Bitcoin, that's still around. God, and that's, you know, didn't even know about Lindy, but in my mind, that was Lindy, you know. And I was on the, I was on the train down to my, to my parents. It was a two-hour journey. By the time that I'd been through that two-hour journey, I was absolutely in, all in. Um, I had at that point the two thing, the two triggers for me were scarcity and proof of work. As I said earlier, I'd, I'd had that very fortunate um, dabble in in in, in dead distillery Japanese whiskey. So I knew scarcity. If there's demand, scarcity is the key. So, yeah, man, I arrived at their house and uh, I immediately got on the blower to the exchange, set up my stuff, bought my first Bitcoin, and there's been no way back. To, just, to, just to illustrate how taken I was, is that... On that, that same couple of days, my wife and I were expect, ex, kind of expecting that she was pregnant. And this is, you know, we've been waiting eight years for it. But I was so blown away that I almost paid that no mind. Maybe also just out of self-protection, because like, you know, is it going to be another kind of false dawn, whatever. But I think I was just thinking, 
well, if, if that's real, that'll show up later. Right now, I just have to focus on Bitcoin. And I've been devouring it ever since. And that's the thing, right? Once you do learn about it, you do start devouring it and you, you can't get enough of it. Um, and you just want to, that's how we found each other because we just need yeah. someone to talk to about it. That's why I started yeah. the podcast because, you know, I, I enjoy these calls with people that figured, you know, may as well record them and, and share them with other people that don't know about it yet uh, yeah. and hopefully start them off down, down the journey. And now what's happening right now, like what's unfolding in the, um, the macro economy in like stock markets across the world. And, and it's not just stock markets. It's, it's going to be everything. It's going to be all assets, um, all commodities, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to make 2008 look like a walk in the park. And I just hope that some people that are listening to this do just become a little bit aware that there is an option B or plan B um, and it is Bitcoin and it is just a way to just opt out of what's going on um, mm. and protect, hopefully protect a little bit of, wealth uh, or, or create a little bit of wealth or create a little bit of sovereignty as you were talking about and uh we both watched um the macron speech last night um and i want to get uh, your views around what's going on with company uh sorry companies might as well be countries going into um into lockdown and and, and how that's sitting with you at the moment and then we'll talk more about uh, the economy perhaps i feel ambivalent um in my rational mind, um, I think uh, I try to be empathetic and think it must be incredibly hard making the right decision uh, as a country if there is a if there is a right decision, um, and it really depends on the country. Like I can I I. I'm really against government intervention. Uh, this overreach and, and, and lockdown and drones going up in Spain and Israel tracking mobile phones to see where you are. And it's, that is outrageous. And particularly because I am confident that this is just, this is another Patriot Act coming, you know whatever they're going to call it, uh, the Public Health Act, there's probably one already called that, but do you know what I mean? They're, they're, going, to, they're going to use this to make it society even more dystopian and Orwellian and, 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 uh, and control top-down. So I... It's it's a it's a it's a strange strange time to be alive, and it's a strange thing to articulate. Because I feel slightly scared, uh, in one sense, uh, but I also feel a great amount of positivity. In fact, I feel the most positive about the sort of global. Uh, political situation uh, that I ever have um, and that might seem incongruous considering things are so dire out there but for a long time and I'm sure you felt the same uh, I felt that it needed to get worse 
before it got better. Because what we need is not just another version. It's not a sort of Orwellian society 2.0, which they're going to try to get us. Um, it is an entirely different system. And I've always, I've, I've known for a long time this was coming. I've known, I've felt for a long time that, um, that it was inevitable. But it has only recently dawned on me just how big it is. Like, once in 500 years, kind of big. And that is enough for me to really clench my butt cheeks and feel anxiety in my chest and uh, feel lightheaded and feel like jumping for joy all at the same time. Um, it's never before have we possessed this much power as mere plebs. You know, we, 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 we go around thinking all the time that if we sign some ludicrously insignificant petition that, oh, we've, we've done our bit for the day or uh, we just vote for the right party or whatever it is or, or, or email our, our local MP that it will make a difference. And the only difference is to take the whole fucker down. And I think it's... That it's it's beyond picking at at a thread in a jumper now. The jumper is come. It's it's turning into a pile of yarn on the floor now, little by little. Completely agree. And you you are somebody that that um, went through Brexit, and you went through Brexit as somebody um, who was not born in the UK, but had lived mm. there for like uh, twenty years at that point. Mm. Going through that, what 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 was that? kind of situation like if you wouldn't mind sharing um some thoughts around that for for people that might uh, you know further away around the globe that brexit to them was just a word you know for us um closer to it and um more connected to it it was (sighs) disaster yeah i mean and it's it's a disaster in whatever way you kind of spin it because i'm still a recovering metropolitan social you know socialist uh i definitely don't don't define as that anymore uh and it's it's amazing um what doors bitcoin opens up you know once once you once you learn that it's about verifying and not trusting um the world changes and it is really that simple. And at that point, I mean, we left as Brexit was happening. Didn't want any part of it. Um, I was still very much of the opinion that Brexit is terrible. Uh, it will, yeah, I don't know, whatever, what, what, whatever sort of uh, mantra... Uh, the, the, the metropolitan elite they kind of run with, you know, it's going to be bad for trade. It's going to increase uh, sort of uh, the leaning, uh, the continuum to the right. 
uh, of politics and um, it's going to be bad for education all of these sort of things um, so I was glad to get out and I still feel slighted in a sense <laughs> it sounds very narcissistic but you know I, I'd given nigh on 20 years to, 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 to that country uh, invested myself financially uh, culturally um, in every way possible you know I, as I, as I said before, I know who Jasper Carrad is. Do you know what I mean? Some insignificant comedian from the early 90s or whatever. Um, that's, how, that's how rooted I am there. Uh, but so, yeah, so I've, I've, and then all of a sudden you, you, you're made to feel like you're not welcoming. But I have to say, I have a lot more sympathy for, for, for Brexit voters nowadays. And this is post Bitcoin. I do think we are heading to, uh, towards a less global, uh, it will become more global again, but in a different way, uh, a more devolved uh, world where the, I, I think we're going to see a, a, a balkanization, a, a devolution of power, uh, whether it's more regional or uh, more local. And that I am completely with. And so I think actually just Brexit was inevitable. It was the parting shot in many ways in this uh, whole sort of uh, unraveling of the last hundred years. And um, I don't know, just I, I, I don't feel that I don't feel that strongly about it anymore. I think it's ultimately we're going to end up in a much better place. Um, not so much to do with Brexit, much more to do with Bitcoin and the, and the, and the sort of um, uh, productivity and, and, um, and opportunities that that will bring. But um, yeah, I think it's all about, I mean, it's, it's about the Citadel as far as I'm concerned. That's, that's how I've come to view the Citadel it's a it's a it's about local governance it's not about necessarily about living on your own in the middle of the forest it's about creating community uh communities that you choose to be part of uh that you can maybe buy into buy out of depending on your values and uh and your behaviour, maybe as well. Maybe, maybe you get the boot for, for you know for not for not fitting in. But but um, but at the same time, so 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 shrinking or or or, or devolving governance, but at the same time making uh, trade much more global because you are dealing with uh, a global, instantly settling. Uh, currency and how like how much do you attribute to your your knowledge and your journey through bitcoin to like changing all uh, so many of your your views and, and outlook on life i mean it's not just a case of i think most people know most people coming into the space like your newbies are like yeah oh, they, these guys are all just in it for the cash which uh, might have been very true at the very beginning um, but how have you changed over the last few years of um, learning about investing in, holding, 
um, listening to podcasts, reading books about Bitcoin? What, what, what's kind of like the fundamental change? Uh, the fundamental change is one of feeling sovereign, I think. Um, and that's one that, in, in many ways, where I live is, is the physical manifestation of Bitcoin in my, in my life. You know, because I'm living a very, very sovereign life here. I'm living a very low time preference life. Um, so, so the two very much go hand in hand. Um, but it has, I mean, it's, it, sounds, it sounds hyperbolic, but it has changed everything. Um, as I said earlier, it has filled me with a confidence that, that, that what I am doing is having an impact. And that is just as a Bitcoiner buying, holding, hodling, um, and never selling um, to bootstrap the network. I mean, you see what's happened in this last mad seven to 10 days. Practically unprecedented, certainly in, in, in modern times. And you see Bitcoin take a tumble, yes. I think that's inevitable when you consider the, the, the liquidations and the whatever else, and maybe just general confidence. Uh, but then since then, I mean, we had two circuit breakers yesterday. We were, we were texting each other at one point, just going, what the hell is going on? And still, Bitcoin is just sitting there very happily, like kind of just gently bobbing between, I think it went down to 4,800 4, or something, so I'll back up to 5,200. It is proving to me now, not that I needed proof, but it's proving to me that um, there is not much of a correlation um, and it's proving to me that I'm right and and I don't want to sound all American hodl here um, although I do love hodl um, <laughs> but I love being right I mean who doesn't um, I've been I've been banging this drum for a long time and and, and quite often being met with um sarcasm or raised eyebrows or even ridicule um but i feel so overly confident that i have stored my wealth in the right place um i don't feel very com i mean bricks and mortar right that's the place to put your money that's where i have a large part of my net worth i don't feel very confident about the properties we have uh, in 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 the southeast of england sort of property stronghold of, of, of the UK. Um, yeah, they will print some of that tasty, tasty, uh, cheap money. They might keep it going for a little bit, but I'm, I'm selling. I'm selling, man. I'm, I'm basically, uh, I'm selling all our property. And this is, again, proof I have, might be a, have been a really good store of value for the last 20, 30 years, but it's awfully hard to liquidate. 
um, especially in, in, when there's a bit of panic that sets in. So yeah, I'm I'm going all in and all in Bitcoin, um, and so I wouldn't say it has changed. To come back to your question, I have a horrible way of ranting, um, droning on. Um, I wouldn't say it has changed so many things apart from my political views, as well as it has reinforced what I always knew instinctually. You know. Coming back to my childhood, growing up in a low time preference, traditional value, uh, tight family unit um, kind of way, and this is just this is just proving all that to me. Um, and we've and lost all of that for the last 15, 20 years, maybe more, right? Like the the the. the opportunity for people to to raise families like that has been almost eradicated it's so intrinsically linked and even when you start talking about something like that i've got family members who are super academics you know like very high in their uh, very respected in their fields um they think you're slightly mad for 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 saying some of these things i Obviously, and I don't understand that it takes a deep dive into Bitcoin to see this. I mean, even without looking at charts um, of, um, you know, uh, of inequality since, uh, since we've started from the gold standard, for example, um, with, with, without going into specifics, it does seem like there is just too much correlation between the way we have been living financially as nation states to the kind of quality of life that we that we are, that we've uh, got and it's all to do i mean the the sort of quick um sort of chain reaction that that i see is 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 and of course there's much more nuance to this but it's at least in part um, easing or credit creation, you know, through fractional reserve banking, going into all these sort of asset bubbles, uh, inflating prices while salaries they stay largely stagnant, and all of a sudden both parents have to go to work instead of uh, instead of just the one. Um, and also, I think it brings about a consumerist society in the sense that although you might have less purchasing power. Uh, it, I mean, you see it with with the families that are the worst off. They are always the ones that are gagging for the for, for the latest phones or the big big tellies or whatever. Uh, very generally speaking, so uh, it's um, we we've reached rock bottom, haven't we? Um, and and for 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 that reason alone, if we, if we can bring back the family it's it's um it, it's it's worth it all and for that reason alone this uh coronavirus that is spreading is very interesting to 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 look at because in many ways it's holding a mirror up to society i think it's yeah. forcing families together again if nothing else that that's 
that's one thing I'm really enjoying having, um, you know, I've world schooled my kids before for like uh, almost three years and been around them for every day for three years and homeschooled them and, um, traveled around with them and put ourselves in, um, you know, amazing experiences all together. And, uh, you know, I, I could have still been sat at my desk if I hadn't have changed my life. Um, mm. but now I see what's happening is, um, people are being forced uh, to take their kids out of school and keep them at home. And I just hope that, you know, just, just if 1% in six to eight weeks time decide, you know what, I'm not going to send them back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's much better like this. Let's keep mm-hmm. them here. Let's teach them what we need to teach them because, and, and you know, safe at the end talks about this in his book, uh, the Bitcoin standard, you know, you, you get a fiat economy, you get a fiat diet, you get a fiat um, family, you get fiat music, actually, you might be able yeah, to talk about that. Absolutely. And, 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 and this is partly, you know, I, I mean, there's a, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting parallel for sure. I was getting away from fiat music. And unfortunately, I became known within the industry. And I have tons of awards out in the barn still in their boxes to 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 show for this but what's, I, the, what's, I, I, what's the top award come on let, let's let's get the top list. award yeah. i don't <laughs> know i have i have multi-platinum i have multi-platinum selling records and and um yeah, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. Have, um, you're holding so much back i respect you know the pseudonymous and um no, i don't want to don't particularly want to want to mention names but you know uh, big um solo artists big boy bands uh, i have um a whole bunch of um i think 12 now um awards of the kind of performing rights society of america which awards the most used works in in their particular field every year um uh, but 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 again just to talk about that very briefly that is a very empty thing. It's the industry itself rewarding people within the industry, laying on an evening at one of the top hotels where you serve top food and everyone pats each other on the, on the back. And to me, it just feels awfully hollow. Like, I'm, I'm, not, in, I'm not into that. Yeah, the first time it's quite nice and people, they take pictures of you and wearing a gold medal and lifting a big crystal statue and, and these sort of things. But it's, that's not, that's not real. It's, as you say, it's fiat awards for fiat music in a fiat economy. And um, the, 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 food parallel that, that Saifedine um, sort of uh, talks about quite a lot um, is, is very similar, you know, like um, the whole Ansel Keys, um, fat, animal fat is bad kind of, kind of vibe. Um, uh, sort of uh, predicated on manipulated scientific research that has been held in high esteem and legislated around by governments ever since for decades. You know, um, a little bit like some some of uh, John Mayer Keynes's uh, um, musings. I'm not even going to give it more more credit than that. <laughs> has has spawned this whole world of 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 short term perpetual growth 
kind of nonsense. And this is my problem with academia and, and, and people may take issue with this, I don't know, but it's a lot of people claiming to think freely, do research and all of these things, but they're all breathing their own exhaust. Um, and, and again, very generally speaking, and of course there are people making real changes in fields that still matter. But there's also an awful lot of hogwash. And um, now with MMT, you're seeing a whole new strain of, 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 um, of academics that are, I mean, what the, what the fuck is that about? Modern monetary theory. I mean, even like logic for five-year-old tells you that that, that that can't possibly work. Anybody who's ever balanced a household budget knows that that can't work. But still, you, it's, I mean, I'm going to make the Ethereum or, or, or shitcoin analogy here or comparison. If you just throw enough technical dross in there, um, things that make you sound clever, make you feel clever when you are spouting it, enough people are going to go with it. Oh, this must be, oh, this sounds so clever, it's got to be true. Um, the truth is much simpler. Than that if you if, if you can't if you can't explain if you can't explain something simply to a to a 10 year old i know again that's maybe exaggerating to make a point but then there's something a little off i think yeah for sure and i think that's what stops a lot of people looking into bitcoin because it is so hard to to understand in in so many different ways and people are but, but, generally but too busy true but at the bottom of it what i'm trying to say bitcoin is as simple as it comes yeah i, I agree with you when you start when you actually I mean, it's 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 supply it's supply demand economics. It's scarcity. It's but but then of course you should say when you delve deeper down into the rabbit hole, because mm. money is a very abstract thing, and, and and money itself that we have now is an abstraction of money, and so it's all very esoteric. It's all quite um, intangible and, and 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 difficult to articulate. But and maybe it's not until you've come through the warring. That you can see how simple it is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm simplifying it with the with the power of hindsight. Uh, no, I love it. I, I want everybody to listen to this. Bitcoin is simple. It's supply and demand, and scarcity. That that's well, it. And we can all understand that. I can explain that to my twins. To it, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you just you're back to the marshmallow study and uh, I don't know if, it, if it's called that, but um, I, I do think that if you explained it to a kid that didn't have the, um, the sort of indoctrinated context uh, on what, on how things they work and you explain Bitcoin, they would get it. Um, I, I, of course, there are many, many more layers to it. Of course, there are, and 
no one or very few people really understand Bitcoin. And if you say you understand Bitcoin, you don't understand Bitcoin. And I still consider myself the dumbest fuck in the room. And for a long time, I've been really, I've just been, been a voyeur on, on Twitter because I, I, Bitcoin has humbled me like nothing ever has in my life. Because I, I made the, the, I think this is a Mark Twain quote. I made the mistake. Um, I think the quote is something like, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble. It's what you know for absolute certain, but just isn't that way or that isn't so. And that was the mistake I was making. I was, I was, I was convinced I, 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 I saw the light. And then you start verifying instead of trusting clever voices, people you held, hold, in, hold in high regard or, or news publications that you, that you think uh, or traditionally have been um, held in, 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 in high regard. And you just start, it, soon enough, this picture just kind of crumbles and a new one builds up. And, and so Bitcoin has humbled me, as I say, like nothing ever has before. And for the first time, <laughs> probably in my life, I am very, I, I hold my opinions very, very strongly still. But I am, I hold them, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I, I have a much easier time uh, changing my mind once I, once I verify now than, than I ever have before. And I think that's, one of the, that's another thing that I've been really grateful to Bitcoin for. Wow. Um, so one, one question I always like to ask on the podcast, and this is going to be, um, I mean, for you, like having been ex exposed to so many celebrities and influencers in, in the past, I, I generally, um, you know, wind up the interview asking if there was one person that you could educate about Bitcoin and have them understand it and then go on and, and spread that message to, to their following and following, you know, somebody that has millions of followers that could help us reach, mm. you know, younger people or, or anyone like before the banks and before the hedge funds and before anybody else can get a bite at this, you know, how do we help other people get a bite at that cherry? Um, mm -hmm. You know, who would that be and why? Um, and it'd be interesting uh, to hear your thoughts around that, considering that you have been exposed to so many high-end influencers and celebrities. And uh... well, it's a it's a, it's a it's a it's a tough question, um, and I mean, at the moment, it would be brilliant if uh, if somebody like Trump or Mnuchin finally came out and said, "Listen, boys and girls, I'm a Bitcoiner. Uh, fuck the Fed." just uh join the revolution that's obviously not going to happen I, I there are many many people that could um really have a profound impact uh, on the adoption of bitcoin however rather than what is what is more important i think is um who can we onboard and i think especially in these times now, we should try to onboard absolutely everyone we can. And I've been doing this since I first got into Bitcoin. 
my parents they are whole coiners my uh in-laws are whole coiners um one of my sisters i made the offer to both my sisters that um i would lend them a fairly significant amount of if bitcoin reached a hundred thousand dollars per bitcoin if it didn't they wouldn't have to worry about it um one sister bit my hand off the other one i never even heard back from so but my my one sister is a whole coin loads of friends that that have been onboarded um so who do i hope we could convince everyone's mum? i mean it's the it's it's the it's the it's the older generation that will need help now because this will move at a pace soon that they will maybe not be familiar with or or confident with. Um, so a bit of a cop out answer, but um, no, I, it's I, uh, I like it. Everyone it's much more a much yeah. more achievable, a much more achievable one. And it's you know your mum. It's good English banter, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You literally just did do it. Yeah, I like it. Uh, very, yeah. So who's the one person? Your mama. All right, okay. Your mama. <laughs> uh, all right, well, excellent. Um, excellent interview. I uh, really, really appreciate you taking the time and uh, walking us through that. Um, is there anything that, uh, that you want to kind of... Um, where would you point people to if, if they're, if they're listening to this and they want to learn a little bit more about it, um, or they want to get the first coin or they want to experience it. What do you think is a good place for people to go to? Um, I think if they're listening to this, they already know where to go, but, um, Jameson Lop has a really good resource list. Uh, Dirk Gigi, shout out Gigi, um, his uh, 21, um, questions and, um, also, he has uh, immense resources. I forget the I forget what is it. Bitcoinresources.com? I can't even remember. Uh, I should probably have looked into this before. Nakamoto Institute. Um, there are lots of great places to go. Um, but as a final sort of thought, um, I would like to spare a thought to in 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 this sort of climate with everyone being slight, feeling slightly nervous about the virus, um, all the pregnant mothers out there, speaking of Gigi, I think his wife is expecting any day now, uh, White Rabbit, loads of other Bitcoiners, thousands of couples around the world that are probably feeling a bit nervous about having to go into a hospital with the virus going around. Um, a thought for the elderly people who are probably those who are realizing how grave the economic and, and, and health situation is uh, probably freaking out a little bit. And I hope everyone, whether it's in your local community, in your apartment building, will find some, some elderly person <clears throat> or less capable person uh, to help out. Um, because we're all young, healthy Bitcoiners, right? We've got Bitcoin, we've got our health. We, we, we're wearing the armor for these times. There are many people that don't um, have either Bitcoin or the health. 
to to kind of meet this challenge with 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 great confidence. And um, and yeah, and, and and thanks to Bitcoin Twitter for 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 keeping me humble, for keeping me sane um, in the face of no coin no coiners uh, everywhere in our midst. I mean. I'm sure many out there feel like I do and been met with skepticism, not just through talking about Bitcoin, but since January, talking about the virus and the impact that it could have in the economy and see eye rolls everywhere or no, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, so thanks for, um, for, for, for keeping me sane and educating me. Um, and let's not underestimate this this mission. Um, this is the opportunity to build a legacy for our children. Um, something that will be talked around about for a long time, I think. And we um, we we need to honor that privilege. We need to honor being out there early seeing what's coming and um they're going to come for us i'm sure they will um maybe not individual bitcoiners but they'll come for bitcoin and we need to be ready to um to take this on so let's get them yeah echo the sentiments well um Thank you so much again for, uh, for your time and your thoughts. And I look forward to one day we'll do round two in the actual Citadel in hopefully uh, better circumstances than, uh, than we're in at the moment. I look forward to it, Daniel. Cool. Thank you so much, Sir Badminton. And uh, people, go and find him on, uh, on Twitter. Give him a follow. Give him a thumbs up. And say hi. Hey, guys. Hope you, uh, hope you enjoyed that episode with uh, Sir Badminton. Truly, truly interesting person. Um, very, uh, very uh, eloquent in uh, conveying his thoughts. I hope um, you all got a good insight into uh, into his thinking and how Bitcoin has changed his life and uh, ultimately his family's life and everybody else uh, around him who uh, who gets to to get to know him and interact and old friends and family members that uh, he's you know, trying in his own way, as he said, in his own way to convert people to investing in some Bitcoin. And, you know, what a brilliant answer at the end there. Your mama, uh, your mum, perfect example of exactly what we need to be doing, actually, um, especially people of, of our age, of uh, the generation of uh, myself and Sabada's, because, you know, that generally when you're talking about those people it's the the baby boomers that are uh, 70 to 85 years old and if we can convince those people somehow then it's gonna we can not only uh, preserve the wealth that they've worked so hard and battled so long to get for and given up so much for because uh you know growing up of this of this well of late generations, um, you know, it's uh, your parents, they work so hard and then um, they get to uh, towards the end and retirement and um, they hope that there's some left and it's there and to share. 
it just gets getting whittled away every single day that it's just sat there in a bank account. And, you know, ultimately when um, when people do pass on, there's, then there's more tax to pay. And it's just, it's just you know, it's just endless. Um, so coming to this realization that, yeah, it's, it's, it is that, that generation that we, we need to be helping to understand somehow if they're, if they'll listen, if they're willing to listen, if they're, or if they're willing to trust that, uh, you know, younger people have seen this, um, opportunity and, um, can help them, uh, understand it, uh, and help them, you know, invest in it. That's probably our biggest challenge as uh, as Bitcoiners is is helping that generation, you know, come to terms with uh, with getting over some fears of uh, of learning about something new and very um, uh, confusing, or as so bad as said, you know, it's basically it's basic supply and demand and scarcity. That's all we're talking about. That's literally all we're talking about. That's going. That's what it comes down to. Um, hammering home those points, and uh, I don't know. It's uh, strange times. I uh, hope everybody's safe. If you've got this far into the interview, uh, this was being recorded the day after um, we were quarantined in France. Um, definitely uh, weird times for everybody. Um, but uh, I, like Sabadas, are very optimistic for the future. Uh, systemic change is going to happen, has to happen. You can't, you know, human action is going to shine through. You can't push human beings into, uh, into a corner and uh, not expect um incredible reaction and uh i i see uh, amazing things happening um it's just such uh, such a uh, shocking shame that you know this this had to happen um for for the wheels to get moving but um you know bitcoin is there bitcoin's in place and i really think it's it's the answer for, for so many people, and we've just got to work harder at, uh, at trying to get this message out there. So uh, with that, listeners, um, if you want to support the show, share it with your friends. Send it to your mum. There you go. Um, listen to Sabadas. You know, hey, mum, listen to this guy. He's, he's written songs for uh, – he turned down Adele. <laughs> like that might, that might grab her in. Um, hey, mum, if you're listening. Um, okay, guys, I'm rambling. Take care. Have um, yeah. Have have as good as week as you can wherever you are in the world, and uh, yeah. See you on the next episode. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.